Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. podcast. Yeah, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. We're here serving up witchy information and hot takes on la carte. witchy information, especially this. Yeah, episode. yeah. Hot takes. So, uh, if you are new here, welcome. Uh, this is uh, this is an asshole-free zone. So everybody is welcome. Everybody's allowed to share. Um, everybody's important. Nobody's better than anybody else. Uh, we are not experts. We are just doing research and sharing the things that we found with you. Um, our right. faiths differ. I mean, even our Slightly, practices yeah. differ, uh, like between the two of us, <laughs> but they probably differ from yeah. whatever norm. Um, anything you think could possibly be norm, like just welcome to that being nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, so our word is not the end all. It's not all, the end all and be all. all, and it's not intended to be, and that's not the point of this. Um, but uh, yeah, so if you're new here, we just share these. They come out every other week-ish. Um, sometimes they run late because real life is a thing. Yes. Um, and we both have day jobs. And we both have day jobs, yeah. So if you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all that kind of stuff, whatever that is. Um, if you are listening to this on your podcast network of choice, uh, please leave a review. Uh, that's how we know whether or not you liked it or not. Uh, and if you would like to participate in a conversation or ask any questions or correct us on the way that we say a thing or what have you, uh, go to the YouTube video and comment there. We will read those. I will read those. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, stay tuned for more information about us, our Patreon, our Etsy shop, and all of those other things. Those will come at the end, right after the spells, which are written by us, as well as the correspondences, which is the thing that everybody likes. So stay tuned for more of that. And we're just going to get right into it. Uh, today, we are talking about modern Odinism. And I know that that is a heavy word, Odinism, um, and heathenry, and there's a bunch of bloody stuff to go on with that. Uh, but we are actually doing this at the request of one of our <coughs> patrons, as well as um, I am sort of an Odinist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most, mostly an Odinist. Like, yeah, mostly an Odinist. I don't know. It, <laughs> it's weird. My, I'm weird. Ignore me. Yeah. So now, that's what we're doing. To be clear, before we get into this very chunky boy episode, um, we're going to go fast. We're going to go fast, first of all. Probably we're going to try to go faster than we normally do for our like five recurring listeners. We're sorry, but also not because yeah. you definitely did this to you and we're happy that we're in this together. Yeah. But um, we, I want to talk a little bit about before we begin why we chose the term Odinism. <clears throat> for this and there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into this but essentially odinism is a subsect or even another word for heathenry depending on what you exactly practice and who you're getting your information yeah. from yeah. there is a lot of sources in um in heathenry and in particular dealing with the norse side of religion so just know that in this episode when we say heathenry we primarily mean like norse and germanic side of things as opposed yeah. to general pagan yeah. stuff think of but, think of it as heathenry as hot tub odinism is jacuzzi. Yeah. They're both hot tubs. Odinism's, Odinism's just a specific kind of hot yeah. tub. Yeah. Um, and we 
we chose this partially because this is what John refers to himself as. Yeah. What I our, generally refer to myself as an Odinist because yeah. that's like the easier way. What our patron requested, um, specifically using that term, but also where we live, the term Odinism is not as charged with racial racism and white supremacist agenda. Yeah. So we're just, I'm just going to cut to the quick of it because one, not fast enough. Two, <laughs> still not fast enough. Look at that. There were two of those. You didn't even catch up. I didn't even see uh, that coming. Three, though, fuck racists. So let me let me just put this out there. Uh, I don't have a problem with saying the word Odinism or Odinist because I'm not referring to racists. I understand and have gotten in some conversations online recently with people who say that it is maybe not worth defending the word Odinism or Odinist because of the racial connotations. And I think that that primarily is a bit of a locality thing, right? So like in America, a lot of Odinism and Odinist and Asatru and shit like that mean racist white people shit. And we are not talking about racist white people shit. I will never deal with racist white people shit. That's dumb. F them in the A, you know what I'm saying? Um, but also, um, Odinism is just the ism of Odin. It's it's English. We just We don't let racists take shit over. This is like one of my things is like, we gotta not let racists just steal shit from other cultures because they assumed that they can get away with it because they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. That's what that is. So we're gonna talk about heathenry. We're gonna talk about Odinism. We're gonna talk about Odinists. We're gonna talk about a, a bunch, a bunch of connected stuff around that. Understand that every time we say the word Odinism, Odinist, heathenry, Asatru, or anything vaguely Norse, what we mean <clears throat> is heathenry, comma, fuck racists, comma, the rest of the shit that we were saying. Yeah. Because, uh, like, if you want to have a conversation with me in the in the things about why I think that we should defend these words from racists, that's fine. But, like, outside of this country, it's not really as associated with racism as it is within this country. Um, and we live in California, which is totally different. Like, I've definitely met some, like, ex-white supremacist Odinists and shit. Um, but, like, from our area? Odinism, you met one at a comic book convention. I did meet one at a comic book convention. We became very fast friends. Yeah. So that's its own thing. Um, but um, I'm brown, if you're listening to this, by the way. <laughs> so it's not yeah. like I became friends with a racist because I'm also racist. I'm not. I'm very anti-racist. Like, violently anti-racist. Do I hate racists so bloody much? They just make shit complicated for everybody else for no fucking reason. It's so dumb. Anywho. Anywho. Um, yeah. So this is like no racist zone. Don't be a fucking racist. That's not what we're doing here. That's not what I'm doing here. And uh, yeah, where I'm from, Odinism's just Odinism. It means that you worship Odin. Mm-hmm. it's got no racial connotations and if it does those people are steering way damn clear of me <clears throat> and i'm covered in norse tattoos hell i got you i mean you can't see it now because uh you're either listening to it so you can't see anything or you're watching the video and you can see that my hair is long so you can't see the ravens on the side of my head but i have fucking ravens on the side of my head hell my brother just got ravens tattooed on his on both of his shoulders on his back so yeah we uh and our not, wedding ring is a tattoo of you dressel yeah so so yeah we're not no racism here yeah. Go. Let's okay. talk about heathenry. So R- racism out of the way. So let's get started with this. So first, so we're gonna be intro. I know, right? Ten minute anti-racist video intro. Ruining everything. Check. Okay, go. Yeah. 
Um, so we're going to talk first a little bit about heathenry, and we're going to talk about Odinism, and we're going to kind of flip-flop sort of back and forth between generalities and, and then specifics about Odinism. But this is going to be a absolutely packed episode. Yeah. So um, let's get going. So heathenry was popularized in Europe during the Romantic period, which was the late 19th century into the early 20th century. And you can really sort of call heathenry technically a reconstructed religion. It was modeled on the pre-Christian religions in the Germanic area, which is sort of like the north so the German, and it's east a, and Germany up. plus it's like most of Europe yeah. basically yeah. but not all of Europe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and um, they to sort of reconstruct this they use surviving historical archaeological um, information as well as folklore either ancient or still remaining to this day as its basis there are a ton of smaller groups underneath the heathen umbrella some are focusing on certain sources so some groups only focus on a very specific source or very specific deities or very specific practices from geographical areas. Yeah. Um, some only focus on the most ancient of ancient practices and still more uh, also incorporate things as they just sort of feel right. Yeah. Uh, some are historical reconstructionists. Some are like modernists that take a much more modern approach to it. Mm -hmm. um, heathenry is a very umbrella style term. Yeah. Yeah. So the most common sources to get this information from really are the prose edda and the poetic edda. Yeah. Uh, which are two separate things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As well as like a, just a bunch like carved rocks. Really? Uh, yeah. Man, yeah. let me tell you what, uh, like rune stones <laughs> are an incredible source of information. On there's this stuff. a ton of things on yeah. it. And there's also a pretty good um, discovery channel or science channel. Um, series on Norse rune stones um, that is on during the day when I am working from home. It's pretty cool. Uh, but there is no centralized or like official belief system throughout the heathen community. Uh, however, most heathens uh, emphasize certain qualities. So they emphasize honor, integrity, and loyalty. Some specific sects also have ethical codes that range from simple you know, rules uh, or phrases such as we are our deeds uh, to more complex lists uh, like the nine noble virtues. Now, as we mentioned before, and we're not going to beat this dead horse, but we're definitely going to beat this dead horse. <laughs> there are groups that use heathenry as a part of their racist agenda and to further white supremacist um, ideals. And there are some that believe that race should limit who can practice heathenry, essentially believing that it is a closed practice. Um, the terms vary throughout the world and throughout different things. And there's always more, right? So if you are interested in like using a particular term for yourself and your practice, but beyond the word heathen, definitely do your research and decide why, you know, decide what term you're going to use for yourself yeah. and understand who else may or may not be using that term, which yeah. is why we opened this with talking about why we chose the term Odinism. Yeah. So do your research. However, um, folkish or, and tribal are terms that are typically used by people who believe that only those of Caucasian descent can be heathens. That's pretty standardized across the board. Folkish can also be Volkish with a V. Um, and their beliefs also tend to be pretty racist uh, and horrifying. Um, but that's a closed practice I would rather not be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, don't support any closed practice. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. the color of your skin denoting 
your faith is the stupidest bloody reason to do anything, man. Come on, guys. And we talk more about closed practices in our episode Toxic Internet Witchcraft, which is episode 22. So if you want to hear more about that, we also talk about it. We talk about a lot of different things there. Check that episode out. Now, in my research, almost all the terms used for heathen, other than the word heathen, and even sometimes then, they have been associated with racist agendas. So... Definitely, again, yeah. do your yeah. research. It, it, they've been associated in one way or another, and again, it's sort of like it's sort of like so. In America, we have uh, we have a Church of Asatru. There is a Church of Asatru. I don't I don't remember exactly what their stupid name is, but they're like a bunch of dumb racist stupid stupid heads. Um, but the Church of Asatru, like in Norway or whatever, is like a super chill ass non racist church, right? So there is there's like just like anything you do or say. Some people may take it out of context and assume that you're one of those racists. So make sure that you're explaining yourself. Yeah. Don't let yourself be painted in that picture. And obviously, if you see some racist using your word, you know, uh, tell them to shut the fuck up because they're being racist. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that you can use in your sort of arsenal as a heathen um, is that there is absolutely zero. I'm going to say that again absolutely no historical evidence that supports a position on the ancient on the ancient Norse excluding people because of their race. Yeah. In fact, there is more evidence to disprove yeah. that ancient heathens were accepting of all ethnicities than there is any saying that they were racist. Yeah. It was yeah. very they're, common they're not racist. for they're the not ancient sexist. Norse to they're not they're yeah. none of this shit. Right. That's not what this is. And and if the if the like person that you're learning from is promoting that again, that's just close practice. We talked about this in the other one. Yeah. Just go listen to that podcast. But if this person is telling you some person over here is telling you that, like, this is some racist shit or this is some whatever shit, as long as you are not a racist piece of shit. Ignore that. Ignore that person. Right. Yeah. And we're not going to go too in. You know, we're not going to go in depth. We're not not getting. I'm just. But it's it's one of those things ancient, that pisses me off as a nomist. Can you tell he's getting all like I'm getting, I'm getting angry. He's getting he's getting hot. Fired uh, up. Fired up. So um, just in brief, there is no evidence that there was really racism in the ancient Norse culture. In fact, it was very common for them to take wives of other ethnicities, whether they were wives by choice or wives by force. We're not going to get into that either. Yeah. Uh, but it we're was... not talking about the history <laughs> of Vikings. Yeah. A Women also history. were able to hold land yeah. as well as sometimes take husbands by force. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Shield maidens. Some of them were terrifying. There's a lot a of lot interesting of information there. So that is that is. <laughs> That is that. So we're going to put that sort of aside. Now, heathenry is usually a polytheistic religion as opposed to a monotheistic religion where you're worshiping only one deity. But if you want to do it however you do it, go you. Um, Now, some people also incorporate animism into their practice. Um, Deities are not usually omnipresent or omnipotent. Is that worshiping anime? Uh, no, that's, that's weeabooism. That's weeabooism, yeah. No, no, animism is where you, um, essentially, uh, give, um, like animals and spirits and even sometimes objects religious significance and Mm -hmm. perhaps worship them. Um, so deities are not omnipresent. They're not omnipotent. They're more treated like family and role models. And if any of you out there are... Um, familiar with Norse mythology, like that makes sense. They yeah. they they don't always do the best thing. Ooh, no, no. In fact, I yeah. would argue that more often than not, they're not doing the best thing. They're kind of like doing 
not the right thing. And then that's a lesson for us <laughs> not to be asshats also. Yeah. Uh, now, there is, a, there is a lot of belief in non-human spirits, which are um, most commonly the Vatir. And so those are more like spirits of the land and things and places. So yeah. spirits of the land would be land Vatir. Uh, and they may or may not live in harmony with humans. Um, yeah. So so the gods are like the Aesir and the Vanir, right? Yeah. And then the Vatir are sort of like any like a rock spirit or like that tree spirit or like what they're just like they're like the smaller everyday sort of like interacting with you here on Midgard sort of spirits. Yes, you also they... have Outgarths, which are like not spirits, but also have some significance. You know, they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a bunch, and then on, yeah. of course on top of that, and I'm just I'm just jumping ahead of you on here. You have the elves, um, the dwarves, which are sometimes called dark elves, but that's. That's one of those things where, like, I, I I read this fantastical thing, and I'll have to find it uh, at some point in time to talk about it again. But basically, it's like, are dwarves dwarves? Or is dwarves just, like, the weird word that we chose for these things? Because dark elf literally meant elf that lived underground. Yeah. And dwarves live underground, so when, like, everything was kind of getting wrapped up into a single language and way of talking about stuff, they're just, like, underground elves are just dwarves. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Right? Um, as well as you have trolls, which were a thing, and the Jotun, which are giants, which, like, may or may not just be, like, some interpretations. Obviously, I mean, like, everybody knows, like, Marvel and the, like, like giants are just shitheads. Um, but, uh, like, I'm literally in the middle of reading a book on, like, ancient Norse mythology where, like, maybe giants were more important than the Vanir and the Aesir, and it's, like, a different thing entirely. It's very... There's... Not a lot of, like, z like zero yeah. uh, source material. Like, there's not a lot of, like, perfect source material on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, most of that has to do with the Christianization of Europe drinking game. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and then just the lo complete loss of all of our stuff. It's cool. It's yeah, cool. because it's coming it's from a very, very long time ago. Yeah. And through the lens, mostly, of a religion that doesn't believe in this stuff yeah. and thinks that... That was like, oh, look at these, yeah. like, fun people and they're, like, crazy beliefs. Yeah. You yeah. know? Like, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is also common to um, honor and worship ancestral spirits yeah. as well. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily have to be someone that you have direct lineage of, um, but more like, uh, think of this as, like, a person who means or meant a lot to you. Yeah. Um, typically, they are already dead when you're yeah. working. To you or them. the time or the land or, or, or the knowledge or whatever yeah. the fuck, yeah. Yeah, now some, again, some worship all, some worship exclusive deities like Odin or Thor or Fenrir. Um, and we have a family tree episode coming in early uh, 2022 where we're going to talk a little bit more about the different people that make up Ugh. the Norse pantheon. The Norse family tree is going to make the, uh, the, um, it's gonna make the Greek family tree. It's gonna make it look real, look real like simple, a, like a beautiful and easy. pruned shrubbery. Yeah, yeah, the the yeah the Greek family tree. Look at this. Look at this. It looks like a tree. Norse family tree. Fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. There's so much more to cover. Yeah. In that. Yeah. Now, um, one of the things that you've mentioned a couple of times before is Midgard, and Midgard is one of the nine realms. So. 
a central core belief of heathenry um, is about Yggdrasil, the world tree. Yeah. And um, in it or on it, there exist nine different realms and mostly are inhabited by a certain type of thing, right? So Midgard is Earth, essentially, uh, is our plane of existence, if yeah. you will. And that is one of the nine realms. I don't know all the rest of the nine realms, so... If you want to name any of them, you can. Oh, like Helheim and Niflheim and Muspelheim and... Oh, man. I didn't know I was going to put up. If, honestly, if you, give, if you gave me a couple of minutes, if we wanted to sit in silence for a couple of minutes, I could probably name all of them off the top of my head. But no, we have I, too much to talk about. We have too much to talk about, and I don't want to have to think that hard, guys. Yeah. So I still have to edit this yeah. when we're done talking. Now, at the foot of Yggdrasil are the three Norns. Uh, they're kind of like the fates. And they sit and weave the weird, which is the destiny. Yeah, uh, it's like the it's the of tapestry things. of fate and destiny. Yeah, uh, the a lot of Norse stuff has to do with like weaving cloth. Yeah, um, and like brooms and yep. like weaving tools and like bobbins and stuff like that. It's very it's very fascinating. Yeah, um, there is also a personal weird uh, or more like luck called orlog, which is earned or lost and can even be passed down through generations, which is sort of interesting you think about yeah. ancestral curses well, I, I, and it's something that odin does also wield in his um in in certain moments yeah so okay so the way that i think about the weird and the orlog are is that the weird is sort of like the tapestry of fate as woven by the norns at the feet of Yggdrasil, and how it like um like it sort of it, it's it's the outcome of all things, but in the finer details of things, uh, I, I picture Orlog as karma for the like common English term. Like, and, like mm -hmm. more than luck, it's like, there's like karmic yeah. balance to it. You can lose it by doing like shitty shit and you can gain it by doing like dope honorable shit. Um, yeah. And that, and that sort of, it all kind of intermingles and affects um, and, and like, like affects each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, when you die, you typically go to Helheim if you are not picked to go to one of these places. Yeah. Helheim, and that's, regular death. Yeah, Relhe Helheim, regular afterlife. death. Right. So you, know, you can be picked to go to Valhalla, which is a hall that is ruled by Odin. And um, some of the people who have died in combat go here. They're sort yeah. of picked to go yeah. to if Valhalla. You, if you die in battle. It's specifically you die, yeah. but it doesn't have to necessarily be like swords and stuff. Even a battle of words is a battle to die by. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, everybody knows. Everybody uh, knows yeah. Valhalla. Tons of people know Valhalla. Yeah. But what you may not Paul, know is there the are roof, a me. couple of other places too. There's also Fulfungir, which is a meadow that also has a hall. It's ruled by Freya. And if you die in battle and Freya picks you, you get to go there. It's yeah. basically Valhalla, but not Valhalla. Uh, and Freya it has Valhalla. like a sweet meadow, um, basically. Yeah. Then there's also Nastrond, which is ruled by Hel and is actually situated in Helheim, which is one of the nine realms. And it is mainly for those who died uh, and were cheaters, madmen, murderers, and oath breakers. Yeah. If um, you're like super dishonorable, you go to a special hall for where asshats. like a like a dragon serpent chews on your bones for all eternity. Yeah, it like drips poisons into your body and shit like that. Yeah, it's real the usual, yeah, stuff. the usual stuff. The usual don't, stuff. Don't break oaths. Yeah. Be honorable. Now, shit. certain places also believe in 
Helgafell, um, which is a sort of additional area. And it's like a holy mountain and it has a similar vibe to Valhalla and Folkvangir. Um, but like also, again, not everybody goes there. So there's yeah. a couple of places that you can sort of end up. Uh, and not all of Helheim is a bad thing. Um, for most people that are probably listening to this podcast, um, Hell, the word hell is associated with bad things, um, but Helheim is not necessarily associated with bad things. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's also not good. It's just sort of there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's cold. It's generally pretty dark. Um, they don't have, like, hot nightmare place to go when you die because, like, they live in the cold. So, like, being lost in the cold and the dark is a thing. That sounds way worse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, Helheim's like a weird nightmare place. Yeah, so that's a sort of like heathenry snapshot in a yeah. nutshell overview. And I'm going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to talk about Odin. Yeah, we're going to specify up into Odin. Yeah, so Odin is the god of wisdom, healing, death, knowledge, academia, poetry, inspiration, madness. That's always my favorite when they say madness. Magic, mind-altering substances. Stop. Shamans, warriors, war, battle, victory, leadership. He's also the god of wine, mead, and brewing. He's a god of transformation, personal sacrifice, and self-empowerment. He's also a god of travel and the runes. Um, he's also known to be a shapeshifter, too, and is a patron god of travelers. Uh, I definitely said that twice. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and in particular, he also leads the dead to sort of their afterlife, but also kind of not really. Um, it sort of depends on what source it is that you're using and how you feel about him. But Odin is someone who sort of lives in both planes at the same time. So he also favors liminal work. Um, as far as what he looks like, Odin has yeah. one eye. He is often seen with a long beard, wearing a wide-brimmed hat, a cloak, carrying a staff or spear, um, the spear of Odin, which is... Um, Gungnir. Gungnir, thank you. Um, that never misses, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so basically, also, Odin... Also, it's generally gray. He's generally referred to as the gray wanderer. Yeah, so Odin is basically Gandalf. Actually, no, Gandalf is basically Odin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... Well, those books take a lot. So. They from a lot of places, and yeah. a lot of it does come from yeah. a lot of Norse sort of mythology there. So you can definitely see... Gandalf, but with one eye. Uh, now, Odin also rides Slipnir, which is an eight-legged flying gray horse and is the child of Logi, Loki and the stallion Svadilfari. I think I got that one right. Uh, he also has... Slipnir is the child of Loki and Svadilfari, not Odin, obviously. Yes, yes, the horse um, <laughs> is the child because Loki yeah. turned into a mare. We talked about that yeah, in the Loki Svadilfari episode. Svadilfari was just super hot and Loki was like, what's up? And then turn into a mare. So, bam. Yeah, Spotify, basically, um, Horse the Rock. Yeah. Horse, horse Dwayne Johnson. Horse Dwayne Johnson over here. Yeah. Uh, Odin also has two ravens, uh, Hugin and Munin, which are which mean, which mean thought and memory. Uh, and they bring him information and news of the world, uh, but he's always, like, perpetually worried that they're not going to return. So he's always yeah, like, they, my baby. They leave in the morning they... to circle mid, to, like, fly around Midgard, and then they return to him to, like, whisper what they saw into his ears, sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you see a lot of depictions of him with uh, two ravens. Yep. Yep. Um, and then there's also Gary and Freki, which are his wolves, and Odin gives them the food off the table. Um, and Odin drinks only wine or mead. He yeah. really only consumes alcohol. So some interpretations of Getty and Freki are that 
they they it's something like they mean like body and hunger or body uh, yeah. and desire or something to that extent and and basically the like the way that i've seen it interpreted in a couple of places and like like my head canon on that for a lack of better words is is that they they eat in his stead yeah and basically exist as like the personification of his mortal needs yeah like hunger and and you know that that sort of thing, which is why they, he yeah. like, feeds them from the table and stuff like that. They eat so he doesn't have to. Yeah, kind of a thing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's familiar esque. Cool. Yeah. Now Odin is essentially the king of the pantheon of the Norse gods, um, but his popularity in um, Norse religions was way way more than like. Zeus yeah. in Greece. Way cooler than Zeus. Um, he was much more widely worshipped. Um, <laughs> in fact, the uh, ravens, uh, you know, the two ravens thing, there was a very popular, like, fashion thing that happened in ancient um, Norse areas where um, their particular clothing, they would usually wear buckles to hold it together, kind of like how we wear overalls today. Mm -hmm. But um, what they would do is they would have two medallions made that were ravens and they would wear one on each shoulder. In fact, some clothes were constructed very specifically so that you could put these raven medallions on there. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I got a bunch of raven stuff. I get it. Yeah. 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 Um, now, Odin, as far as family goes, he is the son of Bestia, who is a Jotun, um, frost giant, if you're following on the Marvel side of things. Yeah. 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 And uh, Bor, who's just a dude, basically. Um, now, as far as consorts go, mostly you hear about Odin's wife being Frigg, who is the goddess of marriage and prophecy and motherhood. However, he also um, got with Jord, which is Mother Earth, as well as Grid, uh, to... The result of several more, children. More kids. Yeah, more, more kids. More Lots kids. of kids. Not yeah. as many, not as many ladies he got with as as old Zeusy boy. So Odin only has a couple of siblings, and that's Vili and Ve. And what's interesting about Vili and Ve is that they have similar domains uh, magically as Odin does. And in fact, it's sort of thought that they, that Odin and Vili and Ve may be uh, a sort of triple god thing. And we've talked about triple goddess stuff in other episodes, like Imbolc episode and um, in the Greek mythology uh, episodes, but it's unusual to have a male triple god figure, which is particularly interesting, but it's very similar the way that these three are to the way that Brigid is, and we talk more mm -hmm. about her in the Imbolc episode, uh, and I don't know what, the, what that number is, because that was... I did not write that down. <laughs> but if you go back far enough, you'll find it. You'll find it. Um, now, if you follow certain um, mythos or if you really connect with the Marvel side of things and that's like your true thing, um, then this would not be the case. Then like it would not be the case for you that Loki would sort of Loki be Odin's sibling. He would be more like his son. Um, because in certain variations of the mythology, Loki is like a dude who hangs around. In some, he is like a blood brother. Uh, so not actually physically related, but related through thoughts and deeds. Yeah, and in an some oaf. of it is, he's kind of like his kid, um, but also kind of like a stepkid. So like blood brother, but like Odin's still above. So however you want to believe that, that's totally yeah. up to you. Yeah. Um, 
And then as far as children go, there's a whole bunch, uh, but namely uh, Thor. And we have a Thor deep dive episode there, which is episode 10. He also fathered Baldir and Hod and Valley, as well as like a whole mess of other kids. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. He has a bunch of kids. Um, Baldur. Mm. It was not an I before the R. Thank you. you okay, cool. I was like, did that spell wrong on the No, deck? I spelled that right. I may okay. have said it it's wrong. It's just Baldur. That's fine. Uh, yeah, no, he has, he has a bunch of kids. He's, he, I, I want to say that in some interpretations, he has more siblings than just those. Um, There's a ton of sources, but, so yeah. But man, I, but I don't that remember could be what. Cannon. Like, well, no, <laughs> I, I, I want to say I remember reading a thing about that, but I don't know. Oh no, I, when I say head cannon, I don't mean your head cannon. Like it very well could have been <laughs> someone else's head cannon yeah. that they five hundred years ago head like, cannon that they wrote the down, th- and now a bunch of people are believing. One of for the no things that I have learned about uh, Greek mythology is that like a lot of writers that write about you know like the gods or whatever in Greek mythology, they're mostly writing their own head cannon. Yeah, so. Uh, you yeah, know, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so there's that. So, blots. We're gonna switch back to sort of the general heathen. What do you call thing. blots? What are blots called in regular? Sabbats. Sabbats. Okay. So and funny regular, story. It's just paganism. Whatever. It's more popular. It's normalized. Uh, <laughs> most people think of them as sabbats. I literally can never remember the word sabbats. Like in my mind, they're just called blots. Mm-hmm. So I am continuously like, oh, yeah, we're going to have this blot, blah, 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 blah. And then I have to look at Julia. like, what are those called in regular? Because I, I don't remember. <laughs> and she's like, Sabbaths. Every fucking time, Sabbaths. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to remember that. Because in the Norse mythology, they're called blots. And that's just a funnier word to say. So I prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so blots. Yeah. Um, deities, spirits, and season of the year are celebrated in blots. You can also do use other rituals for things like rites of passage or oath takings, celebrating a specific deity or any other sort of need. Blot is sort of an all-purpose sort of like ritual um, word. And the word blot comes from the Old Norse and Old English words for blood sacrifice. However, some of this is kind of like a translation thing and a context thing. Um, um, so they may have simply meant worship, um, as opposed to blood sacrifice, or maybe they also meant blood sacrifice because you sacrificed animals during a blot because you had yeah. a bunch of people over and you had to feed them. Yeah. Um, now during a blot, you would typically offer food and drink while making a symbel, which is a ceremonial toast to the gods. Um, and some practitioners also would ritually enter mind-altering states to communicate, gain wisdom, and receive visions from deities and spirits. This was very, very common in yeah. Norse side of things. And that just really sounds like a very complicated, long-winded, and religious way to say we had to kill a chicken so we could have this fucking party, and everybody got super shithouse drunk. Well, oh. and then that one guy got so high he saw the face of God. I mean... <laughs> It that's just means you haven't been drunk enough. That's that's what I'm saying. Right? Like you drink a, a whole ass box of wine and come back party. to me. Huh? So <laughs> <laughs> now because because there's not a lot of surviving information, we kind of are just sort of working at filling in gaps, kind of like Mad Libs style. Yeah. And according to some scholars, an ancient blot would go a little something like this. Uh, you invoke the gods and you ask for their aid. You pour meat into a bowl and then you use an evergreen branch to sprinkle the meat on the statues of the gods as well as the participants in this ritual. That's a missed opportunity to use the word sparge, which is German for sprinkle. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. To sparge people. Yeah. Um, I work for a brewery, so we use the word sparge. It's just... Uh, <laughs> It's a thing. Hashtag German knowledge. Now, bro. next, if you were doing so, you would ritually sacrifice the animal. Yeah. And then you would sprinkle its blood in the same manner as the mead. And it is um, important to note that in modern times, we're pretty far removed from the living animal that becomes our food and actually our food that we're making. So this isn't something that's like gross or like awful or mean or any of those things. Yeah. Um, if you're on a chicken farm, you got to kill chickens to make chicken nuggets. I mean, yes. like, and, it's um, cool if you don't want to know how the sausage is made, but like, don't she grin yeah. people who know how and it's made. It is, um, it is, either outright said or hinted at in many ancient texts and definitely said outright in a lot of more modern texts that you should kill the animal in the most humane and quickest way possible. So it's not about torture. It's about... Yeah. Doing that thing. Get, get the job and done. part of the reason why is, like I sort of said, like feeding the people that are there because you got a bunch of people there for a party and you got to feed them something, right? Um, but also that the blood is is kind of like a um, higher level of offering, if you will. It goes a little further than, say, like wine or mead would. Um, but also some people believed that as the animal died, it would carry with it the wishes and intents of the people who were yeah. participating yeah. in that blot or that ritual. Yeah. So I, I, one of these days I'll make a little graphic for this, but like, like logic aside, right? Obviously you have to sacrifice an animal. You have a bunch of people over it. You need to feed them, sacrifice an animal for that. Right now, when it comes to something like, let's say butchering a pig or, or, or culling a pig or a chicken or something like that, right? Generally, that is like a one or two person job, which means if you have 25 people over and they're all trying to participate in this in this quote unquote ritual sacrifice, what with because they're all hungry and we're having a big ass party, all right, to get them, to allow them to participate, what would make the most amount of sense? I would have a bunch of untrained hands in here trying to help you, which would be annoying, let me tell you <laughs> what, right? Or would it make way more sense to like, it like kind of build a ritual where everybody gets to like sort of blood participate in it, right? Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it, it, I mean, in my mind, it's kind of like, you know, like when you're doing like Palm Sunday and they get you with the holy water or like Ash Wednesday or like any of the, any of those like sort of group ritual practices, you kind of have to like uniform shit up because you're trying yeah. to distribute it to a bunch of people, right? So like from my perspective, from like a non-religious logical perspective, in my opinion, it makes sense for to ha- do some sort of a blood ritual. Yeah. And blood's not really going to do anything anyway, right? I mean, unless you're going to make like blood pudding or something like that out of it. Yeah. Even that you only need so much, right? So it's like you already have these things in place. This is how you get people involved. So like, yeah. but also, you know, like non-logic hat off, like religious practice hat on. Like it sort of makes sense when you think about it to like get everybody involved in the invocation of that sacrifice. Yes. You know? Yes. Now, if you were not going to be ritually sacrificing an animal and you kind of want to reconstruct this method, um, just sort of present, you know, like have your food on like a plate covered with something. Yeah. Um, and then uncover that food and just sort of like present the food. Doesn't mean you can't eat it. Just yeah. present it. Um, and then you can consume it later. Technically, if everybody brought some food in... That would also kind of count. Absolutely. Right? Especially if there's like spirits of, of, 
you know, like the grains and spirits of the plants that are involved in their things. If everybody brings a food buffet style, then everybody's participating in the the necessary sacrifice of time and effort and will that goes into producing that food, as well as the necessary death of that materiel, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. harvested from the ground or like, you know, hamburgers bought at the Safeway or <laughs> whatever, right? Because <laughs> Tacos, that was, that was a, a thing us. that was alive that had to be non-alive for you to be able to consume it. Yeah. Um, so there are like, like, let's all, you know, let's not worry about the, the fine details of it. And let's kind of think in broad strokes about how you can take something like spraying everybody with blood from a tree branch to <laughs> like a less <laughs> messy way to do it. Because yeah. I, like, that's messy. I don't want to have to clean that shit up, bro. Uh, yeah. I don't want sounds, those people in my house getting everything all bloody like and whatnot. Mess. I also don't want blood all over the outside yeah, out there. All, we have you wild predators. animals and I don't need that shit. Yeah. Yeah, so um, after you have presented or sacrificed your animal and sprinkled its blood around, or you have not done that, um, you can do any additional ritual work necessary, read poetry, honoring gods to sort of like grease those wheels there. Uh, And then when you're done, you would pour the remaining mead in the bowl. Hey, remember that mead we had in the bowl? Yeah. Uh, Onto the ground or into the fire as a final offering um, to the gods. Keep in mind, if you pour that mead in the fire, it's probably going to hamper the ability of having the fire be fire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and be fucking fire safe, mother of God. Drink a game. If you are playing with alcohol, be double fire safe. As well as alcohol burns. So when you pour it in fire, you risk it burning more. Don't do that. Yep. Don't be stupid. Yeah. So yeah. be safe as always. We don't want anything to happen to y'all. So um, after this, um, a meal is prepared, typically using the animal sacrifice or whatever it is that you're going to be presenting, and then a simbel happens. Um, now, just a word about the offering, specifically if you're not doing the animal sacrifice route, which I feel like most people that are listening to this probably won't be doing that. But um, if you have food that you've already prepared that you have given and you're sort of concerned about eating an offering like that, first of all, it's oh. Okay. Yeah. It's not like so the spirits, the deities, the gods, they're not coming down it's, and it's literally about intent, eating that food. It's about intent. It's yeah. also about the essence of the food. Yeah. Um, but also I want to remind you that when the ancient Egyptians, and I know we're not talking about them here, but when the ancient Egyptians had festivals and rituals and things like that, they had food in piles for people to consume. They would wait during, you know, they would wait until a certain point after a ritual to be able to eat, to allow the spirits to eat the soul of the food, the ka, if you will. Uh, And then after they had consumed that, or they had given them ample time to consume that, then they were totally fine to go ahead and eat it. And you can pretty much use that practice for any If you don't live in a place where you can like leave a dish out with food, you know, ants, animals, children, any of that, then you can always like moment of silence that food so that way you know the gods get their turn or whatever right and yeah. then eat that food and the gods Again, will not be upset or, or at you, you know set that. an extra plate you know hey everybody you know like get get a nice plate like you want a good reason to go shopping at a goodwill or something like that whatever the non california i imagine goodwill's only in california but store. I have some sort of thank you <laughs> go to a thrift store get a fancy plate right that's your offering plate and then when you're having a blot everybody hey everybody get your food whatever Put a little piece of food on the blot plate, you know, like on the offering plate. Yeah. Everybody puts a little bit on that offering plate. End of the night, sweep that shit in the trash, wash that plate. Yep. Oh, nice. 
There you it's, go. Look, now you're not leaving nothing out. You're not risking nothing. Nobody's getting sick. You don't got to worry about none of that stuff. Again, it's about the intention of the act. Yeah. It's not about the specificity of the act. Yeah. Yeah. So um, next is the symbol. The symbol, um, when this happens, it's basically sort of like a, a mini dinner ritual almost. So during a symbol, a drinking horn or a bowl, depending on what your you know thing is, is filled with mead and then is passed around. So as people pass it around, they take a drink for it or they pour it into their own drinking vessel because we live in the now times. Yeah. And then they drink out of their own, they drink the, the mead and then they make toasts and then verbal tributes to the gods and heroes or ancestors. And they also can make oaths and bows so it's like a rococious dining yep. party. It's a big ass party. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a blot. Now that we know what a blot is, we can talk about which blots there are throughout the year. And boy, if you thought that eight Sabbaths was a lot, <laughs> prepare yourselves. We have because more. because there's harder. 12 main blots. Yeah. Most of these coincide hey, with other pagan Every day's Sabbaths. a blot if you try it hard enough. That's, That's what I'm saying about that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so most of these coincide with or have similar meaning to the other pagan Sabbaths, which we've already covered in the podcast. And those podcast episodes also have a ton of heathen and pagan info. So we're not going to go too deep into what these blots mean. Um, but I am going to tell you what podcast episode they go with if they go with a podcast episode. So we're going to start with the, the next blot that basically would be scheduled would be coming, up, yeah. coming up. So that would be Mudra night, um, which is mother's night. And this is typically the night before the winter solstice. And the next time that happens is on 12. That's funny. I put next year's year. Uh, it is going to be on 12, 20, 2022. Woof. That's a lot of twos. Oh, it's 12, 20, 2021, but that's fine. Oh yeah. 12, 20, 2021. That's a lot. Didn't even of, listen to her own thing. I didn't. I just saw all those twos and was like, ah, bah, 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 yeah, you can also just say December 20th. Yeah. December 20th yeah. is Modronit, um, which is a celebration of ancestral mothers, goddesses, and other female family members or people in your life. Mm -hmm. Now, starting on the winter solstice, which is December 21st, this year um, is Yule, which is essentially their winter festival. And Yule lasts 12 days and it's basically like New Year. Uh, and it really serves to honor Odin's role as the one who leads the dead to the afterlife. You know, it's kind of the dead of winter. If you live in a cold place, probably the time most people are going to be kicking a Kicking that bucket. Yeah. Um, and we do have a Yule episode. That is episode number two. Um, so that's a pretty early one. Yeah. Get back. Man, come a long way. In only a year. A little bit less. So next is Yoster, which is um, on the spring equinox. The next time that happens is going to be on March 20th. And that is similar to Ostara, which we have an episode for. And um, during this festival, offerings are made to Yoster, who is a German goddess of spring and renewal. After that is Sigurblot, or Day of Victory, which is the first day of Icelandic summer according to the ancient Icelandic calendar. Uh, and that happens in mid-April. Uh, and the next time that happens, it will be on April 21st. But it's not always April 21st, and I don't know how they calculate that calendar yet. <laughs> yeah, so soon. April 21st, 2022. Um, and this is technically a summer festival, which for those of you living in the Northern Hemisphere, that might seem weird because April doesn't feel very summery. Um, but really what it's signifying is the victory over winter because the ancient Norse really thought about the weather in two seasons, winter and summer. Yeah. 
Warm um, and cold. Yeah, warm and cold, which when you think about it, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's also to uh, g- to gain victory in summer battles because it's cold during the winter and in the winter is already trying to kill you. You're not really fighting battles during the winter unless you can, you know, like avoid it. Uh, and sacrifices are also made to Odin on this day along with its, you know, battle connotations there. This one does not have a date that really coincides with a pagan Sabbath. So this one's kind of its own thing. Uh, but the next one does. So Blossomfjols or Walpurgisnacht is uh, in early May. And the next time that one happens will be May 1st. Uh, and that really is very much like Beltane which we have an episode for, which is a flower and spring and sort of fertility festival. Yeah, Blostom Frails or Walpurgis Nacht. Ah, thank you. Yeah, like Nacht just means night. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's Walpurgis Night. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. Um, So after that, we have Midsummer, which is solar cell... Summer solstice. Just the summer solstice. And um, this is a solar festival. We have a midsummer episode as well. And the next time that happens will be June 21st. You gotta say German sound, Midsommar. Midsommar. Like Like the movie. Sweet, sweet horror movie. Man, that is a good movie. So good. Yeah, in 24, kicking ass. Like, like, totally no association. Go watch that if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's It's not for kids. Oh. It's not for some adults either. Yeah, it's it's like a rated R <laughs> horror movie. It's pretty dark. But Midsommar, fucking great. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. So next after that is Fresblot, which is similar to Lunasa, which is in early August. And the next time that happens will be on August 1st. We have an episode about that. Uh, it is a harvest festival. Yeah. And then after that, we have Winterfjellet, which is winter full moon. And remember, the the Norse looked at things in two seasons. So for us, that is fall. And it usually happens on the first full moon after the autumn equinox, which is October 9th, 2022. And this includes Haustblot, which is a uh, another harvest festival similar to Mebone. Yeah, so literally just means harvest festival. Haustblot. Yeah, yeah. So the time of winter full moon is a longer festival that kind of like takes place over a not concrete number of days. So if you celebrate Most that for one day, big parties, great. Days. If you celebrate that for three days, great. If you celebrate that for 14 days, great. If you celebrate it for an entire month of October and then change, that's also great. Um, so <laughs> that's the beauty of that one. Next, um, we have Veternatir, which is Samhain in late October. So like just past now. Technically, you could probably still celebrate this now um, as we are in uh, November, if you're listening to this when this episode comes out, because it kind of like go. it's another one of those festivals which lasts for a while, and that while is kind of however long you feel like. Um, and this is sort of like another longer thing, and it includes a, a festival called Disablot, which honors Valkyries and the Disir. Um and is about asking for like a full harvest. And sometimes Disablot is celebrated in February around the same time as Imbolc, which is on uh, February 1st. We do have an episode for Imbolc that has cool information that would be seasonal that may be able to sort of fit with this. And then lastly, the 12th blot is um, 
part of Vatratir, and that is Elfblot, which honors the elves and the Landvatir as well as the dead, and is very, very similar to uh, what we do as like sort of modern Samhain traditions. And we do, of course, have an episode for that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I normally celebrate Dieselblot in uh, in the spring, well, spring in February, um, sort of like uh, like. Um, thankful for the harvest that's lasted that's kept us through winter yeah sort of a thing and then alpha blot during Samhain, um as opposed to stacking them into the um vetnadir um thing right yeah so and again you know it, it's the you're gonna find they're all over the place you're gonna find a bunch of weird stuff about so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to <laughs> So we're going to switch a little bit to specifically honoring Odin because now we know what heathenry is and who Odin is and what blots are like. And now you can sort of piece together the ways how you, how you, if you were so interested or inclined to, can celebrate and honor Odin himself. So um, there's a bunch of ways that you can honor Odin and I kind of have this as like a list so we're just going to go through it like that because basically this podcast is a lot of me reading lists of things yay <laughs> so um sacrifices um I know we talked earlier about animal sacrifices but Odin is also really big on self-sacrifice he sacrificed uh, his eye, as well as he sacrificed eating for several days to obtain the powers and knowledge of the runes. So self-sacrifice is also an option there. As far as offerings goes, anything from the correspondence list, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, or whatever you like, um, would be something that Odin would probably enjoy. Again, an offering is more of an intent than it is an actual physical thing. Um, giving Odin a space inside of your space, whether you have an altar or not, um, giving him, uh, you know, having like a small picture or a statue or something like that, um, representing him essentially gives him a doorway to this plane through your sacred space. Odin has a pretty good ego too. So seeing his own likeness in your area is definitely going to be a flattery item that he would probably enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and fasting. So as I mentioned before, Odin fasted for nine days and nine nights on Yggdrasil to gain the runes. Um, so fasting is an option. However, <laughs> he, he fasted for nine days and nine, not, nine nights until he died, but that's yeah, kind of the end yeah. of there. So however, we are not condoning this. If you choose to fast, Check with a health professional. Yeah, don't just don't just do that. don't just jump willy nilly. Into don't just fasting. decide to stop eating. Yeah, and certainly don't plan on doing that for yeah. nine days. But you could also, I mean, like theoretically, uh, like if you know, if you went to bed at midnight and you stopped eating then, and then you didn't have breakfast until like nine fifteen in the morning, you just fasted for nine hours, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. not nine days, but that's still the number nine. Bam, numerology. Yeah. So again, it's a function of intent. If you are uh, not in a health place to fast for nine whole ass days. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to be like, boo, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So. Now you, instead of fasting, you could also go without something, um, similar to the way that some Christians do Lent. Um, you could, you know, go yeah, without just like abstain from something, something, abstain from vegetables for nine days. No way. Yeah. Fuck those. That's yeah. I want meat and beer. <laughs> That's all I want. I want the vegetables. I'm already thinking like I need another box 
box of lettuce. Gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking gross. Next, yeah. go. Um, you can also <laughs> honor Odin's animal companions. So having images of his animal companions, like jewelry, like those raven shoulder buckles, which the more I think about it, the more yeah. I want to like have that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have like a bunch of raven stuff. I have yeah. like actually a raven up there. Not like a live animal raven but like uh halloween styrofoam statue raven that's right um and i've got like a bunch of little raven like vessels and feathers and trinkets and trinkets yeah i've got like necklaces with ravens on it i obviously have head tattoos with ravens on them um you have a whole shirt that i embroidered yeah i have a whole shirt with ravens embroidered on it Uh, i got a lot of raven stuff i like ravens so yeah yeah so um honoring his animal companions not just ravens necessarily. Yeah, ravens, wolves. Um, you know, when you honor him, consider leaving some food as offering for his companions, his wolves, his birds, his horse. Um, you know, so that's a way that you can do that. Yeah. Um, you can also celebrate his holy festivals, which we just talked about in the blot, but basically are Sigurblot and Yule. Um, however, like you can celebrate him whenever you want. Also, yeah. Alpha Blot would be pretty good for Odin because of its connotations with the dead. Um, you can also go hunting or eat food that was hunted or display animal bits that were hunted again always ethically and sustainably um, but odin was famous in the middle ages for being the leader of what was called the wild hunt um which is really cool that is a whole entire podcast episode by itself. <laughs> just the wild hunt yeah. just the wild hunt it's super fascinating um so hunting is another thing that he is associated with um and the wild hunt typically ends just before yule begins so now would be a good time to um, do something like that i think it's also pretty popular for hunting certain types of animals um and you can also confidently honor your oaths and promises Odin does not take kindly to oath breakers. Yeah, don't don't be an oath breaker. So yes. if you make an oath and have yeah. Odin as a um, patron, or if he is, you know, you're calling upon him to help you honor an oath, honor that oath. Um, that doesn't mean that if you don't, he's gonna like ah do something mean to you. But like Odin's probably not gonna want to work with you if you break an oath. Like, that doesn't mean that he's mad at you or that he's going to, like, curse you or something silly like that. But he definitely isn't going to want to be around or he's going to give you a lower priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, right, everything's situational. So, like, if you were put in a if, if you if you were put in a place where, like, keeping a promise is like, let's say physically impossible, right? Oh, I'm definitely going to be there tomorrow to do this thing. And you, like, slip and fall and break your leg so you can't go into work tomorrow to do that thing. Are you an oath breaker or did you slip and fall and break your leg so you're incapable of doing that and you're going to try and take care of it as soon as you get back and or call somebody else to take care of it? You see how that's not being an oath breaker so much as you broke your fucking leg? Yeah. So, again, it's, it's, it's the idea of being an oath breaker that he is against, which is, like, liars, cheats, thieves... People who people who make promises and don't keep them, um, cheaters like especially um, like marriage is an important mm-hmm. thing in in the Norse religion. So like don't be a fucking cheater, shit like that. So it's that yeah. it's that sort of a like no 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 oathbreakers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you're thinking, but Odin had other consorts. Those were mythologically, technically before Frigg. Yeah. Um. So. And or Frigg allowed it. 
Or maybe she was okay with it too. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you can also, to honor him, polyamorous. <laughs> read or write. You can also learn something, especially magical stuff. You could try reading the Eddas or books on Norse mythology, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, any sort of that like ancient I Germanic have text. A bunch of books back there on Norse mythology. I'm reading one right now on, uh, on the giants, the Jotun. Um, but I do have one. I have. Um, the left-handed side of Odinism, which is like a look at like the darker side of Odinism and stuff like that. Um, Odin was very big. He was obvi- obviously he's the god of wisdom, but like uh, very big on like knowledge and things like that. One of those things is like learning more about practice and ritual and things like that. I don't, I don't. This wasn't really brought up because this isn't a deep dive into Odin. This is really about the practice of Odinism. But uh, technically, the like practice of witchcraft in Norse mythology was generally associated with women Mm -hmm. and not men. And it was like almost, it it wasn't dishonorable, but it was sort of like mocked at for practice. Like if a male practice witchcraft, but at the same time, that's probably not super true since Odin, the all father practiced that witchcraft. Also, right. there are terms that mean uh, essentially priest or shaman. Yeah. Um, well, I should say there are terms for priests and shamans in the ancient Norse yeah. because they're separate um, things and they have both masculine and feminine versions. So I think yeah. that 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 probably was not later as... when when like people started thinking of like weird gender norms and shit like that. And maybe not like an, a very old ancient thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen stuff in the past about Odin and how like, um, because he like practice, like you, there's a lot of cross dressing in the Eddas about like Thor dressing up like a lady or Loki becoming a lady horse, you know, Odin practicing like lady magic, things like that. Yeah. So they're very like, like, just remember that the Norse stuff isn't like gender biased. It isn't racially biased. It isn't like classist and shit like that. Yeah. Like it's very open to everybody and everybody does it their own way. And everybody comes together to celebrate together. And it's fine that it's a little different or, or whatever. I'm like, really the secret time is that you're not being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can also sing songs or read out loud. Odin enjoyed stories and spoken words. So that's something that you can do as well. Uh, And you can also burn incense if it is acceptable for you to do so. Also, please be fire safe drinking game. Um, And as far as incense goes, pretty much anything. However, he especially would enjoy the nine sacred herbs, which we'll talk about when we get to the correspondence list Um, or really anything else from that correspondence list. Yeah. Whew. Boy, that is most of this chonky boy out of the way. Yeah. All right. So before we move on to spells and correspondences and such like that, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons, which is um, Alan, Miranda, Helena, Mackenzie, and Alexa. Yep. Thank y'all, you for helping us do what we do. Y'all are gangster. Thank you. Um, and speaking of patrons, we have a Patreon. It's Nerdjive. Nerdjive is our Patreon. Um, and we have a Horn and Cauldron podcast here expressly, uh, for this podcast where you get access to the Book of Shadows pages, which has a brief of the things that we talked about in this podcast, 
on one side, and then on the other side is correspondences and spells. I make those, um, we're like four behind, but that's because they're all, they are a lot of work to do. Uh, we also sometimes, I sometimes make uh, cell phone wallpapers. Yep. Um, so if you're into changing your cell phone wallpaper super frequently, which is a thing that I do because I'm crazy, <laughs> um, you can change your cell phone wallpapers whenever I do a new one. Um, yeah, and uh, we have a uh, a higher tier. We call them stakeholders because of all the stakes. Um, lots of stakes. Lots of stakes. Those are old YouTube references. If you have been following us on YouTube for a while or watch our reviews, you know about stakes and how high they are. <laughs> They're on the ceiling. They're so high. Yeah. Um, but uh, our stakeholders also get a um, get access to our uh, once a monthly hangout. It's at the beginning of the month. Yep. Uh, we call the barbecue, <laughs> even though every time we've had it, we're eating fast food because I'm rushing home after work. Yeah. To get everything set up because I am fucking horrible at every single time we have these. I'm like, I'm gonna get off of work on time. And then like after work, somebody's like, hey man, you wanna have a beer? And I'm just like, yeah, I've got time. Cause I'm an idiot. And then he calls me. He's like, "I'm on my I'm just home. like, "I'm running I'm 15 like, minutes late. I'm late going." Night, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's not important. You still get to hang out with us, and we chit chat and have a good old time for um, usually a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna promise that they're forever gonna last that long, but <laughs> they they might. Honestly, they we might. have so much fun hanging out that like yeah. who cares, you know? Yeah. And uh, we also have a Discord channel. Oh yeah, and if you're on. Um, any of the tiers, you get access to some sort of a Discord channel. I don't remember how those were set up, but whatever. If you're on the Horn and, Pod, Horn and Cauldron podcast here, we have a Discord where we can chit-chat, hang out, and you can ask questions, and sometimes we're just, like, sharing fun stuff that we've been crafting on. Yeah. Or just, like, chit-chatting about, like, whatever, like, nonsense is happening on the internet right now. So yeah. it's a real cool, chill hangout space. Although it's space. mostly about magical stuff. It's mostly <laughs> about magical stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that it's not, but it's often about, like, oh, I saw this thing on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. On like on like witch talk. Uh, let's talk about this. Or yeah. <laughs> something to that extent. So yeah, uh check out our Patreon and do all that kind of stuff. Uh let's get into spells. That's right. Yeah. So um these spells they were written by us and they have no connection to historical or traditional practices. So just yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. So the first one ours. is an invocation. <laughs> in fact, I wrote them. And, and you're going to read them. Recently, um, I wrote them. Yeah. So uh, the first one is an, is an invocation for Odin. Yeah. So, okay. So this is an invocation for Odin. Um, man, I have like a bajillion different ways to invocate, uh, invoke Odin. Um, I don't know what the singular for invocation is. It's invocation. I'm going to go with invocate or, or invoke. To invoke the Odin. Um, but uh, so this is the one that that I think I it this is kind of like, in my opinion, the most like the most best one that that I've written thus far. So Odin, all father, Lord of the Aesir, I call upon you. Odin, the spear shaker, wielder of Gungnir, protect me in battle. Odin, the one eyed, Lord of wisdom, teach me to read the runes and staves. Odin, the wanderer, raven, Lord of Midgard, waken my words and quicken my magics. And then you provide like an offering or you do your ritual or you like meditate or do whatever you desire to do. Or uh, nothing. You or just... nothing. Or just like say that and then go to the next part. Yeah. And then at the end, Odin, ancient one, all father, by your sacrifice, I thank you. Uh, and of course, any eyes can become wheeze if it's with a group. Um, Odin and all 
of the Norse gods. Generally, like, you throw in a bunch of titles into stuff. So, um... Most deities enjoy Most that. deities do, right? They're like royalty. They like knowing that you know that they did, like, a bunch of fancy shit. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah. They're like being reminded of past Yeah, deeds. they're like, look at all these deeds that I did, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me read a fucking list. Yeah. Uh, also, that is a very small cross-section of a very large fucking list for Odin. Uh, yeah, so... in fact, there's a few sources that state that he has the most number of epithets out of any ancient heathen or pagan god. Hmm. That's believable. Yeah. Even yeah, more he's involved so in a bunch of shit, than so, yeah. um, some of the most prolific ones. Like the most prolific one that we've seen thus far in our research with this podcast has been Isis. And Odin has more epithets than Isis. Uh, on the record, he has 177 epithets, which mm. are titles, um, essentially. Mm. I didn't know that. I don't know a quarter of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, gangster. Okay, and then the second one is honoring Odin's sacrifice. So this is a rune spell, but it's 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 sort of to learn and practice runes, and it's sort of to honor his sacrifice. And so I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to go into some explanation on this one. All right, so you're going to need like a writing instrument and something to write on. So like a thing to write with, a thing to write on, pen and paper, pencil and paper, you know, whatever I a rock and a slightly softer rock, whatever you want to do. Preferably paper, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is going to be one of those preferably biodegradable stuff. Don't write on plastic. Don't be crazy. Um, okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to get get all your stuff together. You're going to write each rune on the paper. It doesn't need to be in any particular order. It doesn't need to be in, like, a shape. If you want to put it in a shape, do it in a shape. If you want to do it in an order, do it in an order. Right? But you're going to write each one down and you're going to say its name out loud. Right? So you're going to write answers and say answers. You're going to write Birkano. You're going to say Birkano. Right? You're going to write Othala. You're going to say Othala. What, whatever. Right? So you're going you're gonna to write them and say them out. Then you're going to take that paper. You're going to fold it up. You're going to put it under a rock underneath a tree or like bury it under a tree or next to a tree. You want it underneath some sort of tree-like stuff. Right? And then you're going to say aloud after you put it underneath this tree-like stuff, uh, nine realms are known, 18 songs were sung. One tree connects them all. For nine days and nights, Odin hung to learn the rune staves, great and small. He learned to carve them, read them, stain them. He taught them in our halls. No bread nor mead, he died on that tree to lift them and to fall. And then you're just going to, like, leave. Uh, and the reason why, th so th so this is it. This is to learn the runes and honor Odin's sacrifice. So for me, learning runes is primarily a function of of constant active use. Like I can name most of the runes. Sometimes I get their names backwards because I'm like a little dyslexic, honestly. <laughs> Sometimes I get their names backwards, but I, I know all of them, and for the most part, which like equivalent English letter they represent. In fact, the way that I got as good as I am at runes, and I was actually better in the past when I was doing this more often, when I used to work on the floor in the brewery, I wrote all of my shift notes in runes, and then at the end of the day, translated them back into English for my like official reports, and then I carried like a little, like a flip book in, you know, with like all my daily tasks for to write down and to take notes when people give me instructions and stuff like that. And I wrote all of that in runes. 
Like literally everything. I have like notebooks full of like runes. They're written in English. It's obviously not written in like Icelandic or, or Norwegian or like another language or anything like that. But I just write it in runes. I am like, I'm covered in tattoos that are runes. This hand, wrong hand. Uh, the camera is backwards and it, I'm looking at it and it's making my eye, my mind shatter. It's fine, whatever. Um, I literally keep, I have like, this has been the exact same tiny picture of runes. And even though like we made our own, I still don't use it. Um, for a graphic, I use the like one that I've always used on my phone. Yeah. Um, that's honestly, it's just cause I haven't moved that graphic to my cell phone. I keep forgetting. Um, but yeah, so again, it's just, it's that idea that like you want to honor Odin and honor the sacrifice to learn from these things. But at the same time, you want to make that practice and then like kind of give that practice up in sacrifice by like writing it down and then offering it to the sacrifice that Odin made. Um, both of these obviously have no direct correlation to anything like historically relevant. Uh, but for me, they're both sort of like the, the, there's the practicality of practice as well as the like religious part of like doing ritual. Um, the practicality in the first is like learning his titles and like his things, right? Schlipnir and, and Gungnir and, and, and all that kind of stuff, right? Cause you, cause you want to learn all these things, right? There's, there's the, like, what's the name of the squirrel? What's the name of his horse? What's the name of the horn that, um, uh, bloody, what's his name blows to signal the beginning of Ragnarok. Um, you know, oh, I have no idea. Whatever I'm talking about there. That stuff. I know what you're talking so, about, but I don't know any yeah, of that. Yeah, it's Gjallarhorn is the name of the horn, by the and, way. And just to be clear, you also, don't. I might be pre pronouncing all of this shit wrong. So let's <laughs> just, just start clear, with that. You don't have to know all of these no, things. No, it's just a practice to thing. Practice yeah. and to no, no, worship. No, no, no. You yeah, know, trust you me. You do you. I am forgetful enough for all of us. So. That is. That's the, one of the reasons accurate. why I practice this stuff as the, in the manner in which I do is because I am forgetful and I will forget and then it's gone forever. That's just how that works. That's just what my brain does. It's just like, nah, you need to know more about Star Trek. <laughs> We're gonna give up basic human shit. Welcome to my mind. Yeah, when you wanna <laughs> rebuild a warp core, you just forgot your wife's name in the middle of a fucking YouTube video. Yeah, a thing. <laughs> that happens, happens more often than I care to admit. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, it's, okay. It's hilarious. So on the correspondences, along, the correspondences, aka another of me reading lists. So um, these are correspondences specifically for Odin. Um, so animals associated with Odin are bears, horses, wolves, and ravens. Surprise, right? Yeah. Uh, as far as colors go, um, gray, black, dark blue, uh, red because blood. Um, and also wine uh, for rocks, agate, amber, carnelian, um, onyx, and uh, tin are associated with Odin. And uh, remember, I was saying the nine herbs of Odin. Guess what? They're here in plants. Ha ha! There are more plants that are associated with him than than just these, but these are the ones that I particularly am going to focus on um, because they are being held as sacred to him. So that is betony chamomile, crab apple, yes, crab apple, but regular apples will do. 
uh, fennel, whorehound, mugwort, nettle, parsley, and plantain were all very sacred to Odin. Um, you can also, you know, use evergreens or woad or juniper, any sort of evergreen, really, he's yeah. pretty into also. As far as food goes, mostly it's booze. And the nicer the quality, the better. Odin really likes booze. Good single bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's primarily what I use is like quality single malt scotches. Yeah. Uh, meat is so sweet. Sometimes I can't drink it. Yeah, yeah. Now um, his, uh, like we talked about earlier honoring his animal companions, any food that his animal companions would also enjoy eating are basically something that you would use to honor Odin as well. So you could give him like a snifter of a good single malt and a handful of sunflower seeds. You do you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, um, you know, miscellaneous things that Odin likes are like empty alcohol bottles. He's also associated with the hanged man tarot card and the number nine and any rune. He also likes tobacco and other smokable items. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that he's into empty alcohol bottles because those are fucking everywhere. I'm always like, look how pretty this bottle is. I'll save it for a project. And that project is fucking sitting somewhere. That's it's me. That, that project is, what if I just left it out there? Just yeah. sitting. It's me cleaning it, it out and, and being like, should we keep this bottle? And he's like, yes, this empty alcohol bottle. So pretty. 100% of the time. All Doesn't the time. matter that we have like four more of them. I really like this one. And yeah. I'm like, okay. What if ahead. we do something with it and then we forget? Yeah. I forget. It's mostly me. Yeah. Yeah. Witches have sticks and jars. You have empty alcohol bottles. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. And that that's it for the correspondences. And for this podcast episode on modern Odinism. Yeah. So the practice of modern Odinism is sort of an interesting and um, it's an interesting and fun thing, right? I, I've been I've been uh, practicing Odinist for a while now, um, and it's a lot of learning and research and sort of like adapting to new knowledge. And like exploring things like that, uh, there are like group practices in the forms of things like the Church of Asatru, although that's that's a bit more all of the Pantheony, um, um, and you know like online groups and things like that. Um, for me, I, like I have friends that worship the Norse gods, but not really any like direct singular Odinists mm -hmm. that I kind of hang out with and stuff. But um, yeah, modern o to me, right. To finish this podcast off to me, modern Odinism is a study and practice in sort of like a great combination of so many things of historical reconstructionism of research of adaptability. Uh, but really it comes down to sort of the, what I would consider some of the basic tenets of Odinism, right? Which is that like, like, like don't break oaths, be honorable, you know, stand up for those who need to be stood up for, like do the right thing, be a good person, seek out wisdom, don't fear death, but embrace it, uh, you know, seek out knowledge. All of the things that Odin is the God of 
find a way to enlighten those into ha something of more power. And I read a lot about this and I do a lot of studying and I, you know, I write all of my own ritual, right? I, I mean, obviously it's based on other people's works and it's, it's inspired by this person or it's informed by this historical text and or rock what with words carved into, you know, or something to that extent. But in the grand scheme of things, it really is sort of your own thing, right? And it's a function of finding people who you can talk to about it and, uh, like, adapt and learn together and discover together and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to say if you have questions, specific questions, honestly, vague questions are fine, too. <laughs> but if you have, like, specific questions, just be like, what is Odinism? You're like, we're like, podcast, what are you fucking commenting that on? But, um, no, it, like, yeah, if you have questions, like, reach out. Obviously, in the comments below, the YouTube video is the best space. So that way, everybody can be informed and ask and talk. But I understand that sometimes people don't like asking questions in public forums. Um, yeah, and for, if that's For a great many reasons, it just yeah. DM us, man. Yeah, yeah I'm on social find... media. I'm on Nerdjive at fucking everything. DM yeah. me there. You're at Goddess Jewels, bloody yep. everything. You can message her there. And you can find links to all of our social yeah. as well as the YouTube channel and other podcast outlets to listen to us on on our website, which is nerdjive.com. Yeah. Uh, and I believe there's an email function on there too. There so is an email form on nerdjive.com. You can just you can us. just yeah, use that email form. It goes to my email address probably. It does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> It's uh, honestly like <laughs> it's mostly spam <laughs> that we get. So, because most people just DM us or you know join our Patreon and hit us up on Discord and, uh, and we then can chit chat there. And then you can ask us as many things as much <laughs> yeah. as you'd like. And that's what we're here for, right? Is to answer questions and talk about it. Again, we're not experts. Uh, we're just um, people with access to the internet and research. And we're gonna pretend enough time to do the things that we're doing because it's not enough time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're just interested and passionate about that stuff. Um, yeah, and so and that's what we do. And if you like what we're doing, definitely consider supporting us on Patreon yeah. because that does help us to do what we do, yeah. and it helps us to do what we do better every time. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, Upgrade lights, audio, video. There have been. A, an innumerable number of changes thanks to our patrons helping us out um, with regard to this kind of a stuff. But uh, yeah, and obviously if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube um, or you just want to like, you know, support us on YouTube, you can go over there. You can subscribe to this channel. Or you can like this video, comment below, any comment, just say hi. You can say hi back, be friends forever um, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, so what is what do we have coming up next? So our next episode is going to be Hidden Heathenry in Modern Holidays. Yeah, okay. So that one's going to be a fun kind of like giant listicle episode with a bunch of random yeah. bits. Um, we're definitely going to talk about some of the holidays that we already kind of talk about with the Sabbaths and whatnot, but I'm going to try to throw in some additional bonus um, holidays too that we've got some interesting um, knowledge. And after that, uh, in um, approximately four weeks, it is our one-year anniversary of this podcast. Yeah, it's our podcast anniversary. So, That's right. Um, yeah, our podcast anniversary. We are going to host a live stream. We're going to do this on Sunday, even though these normally come out on like Monday or whatever. One, so that way after the live stream, it can come out because mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to like edit it and whatever, figure out how to do all of this stuff because I am 
like we get good at computers, but this young person shit is so confusing, man. Let me tell you what. You want a fucking database? I will build you a database from scratch. You want to anyway, take eight million lines of code, make that shit work? We're going to be that. doing this the live hard. stream on Sunday, twelve five, and <laughs> December fifth, twelve five. <laughs> That's what it says on the thing. Uh, at four p.m. Pacific. Yeah. So um, we're going to be answering questions on this live stream. So um, think of your questions. Hit us up and uh, DM us or message us and yeah. let us know what your question is if you can think of it ahead of time. That way we can. Definitely, definitely answer it. Um, and um, you can also answer also it in the chat on the thing. This will be live streamed on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's Nerd Jive on YouTube. So that's where you're going to attend that. I will fucking figure out how to do that better. Um, <laughs> man, because I don't really 100% know, but it's cool. Don't worry about it. So we're going to be live streaming. Uh, that's also probably going to be a long boy. We'll probably live stream for a couple hours. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, so be prepared for that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing that we have upcoming is we also have an Etsy shop that has a variety of tie-dye and sort of witchy and heathen items, including yep. some horn, pod, pod, horn and cauldron podcast swag. Tried to combine the word cauldron and the word podcast yeah. that did not work out well. Yeah, we got some podcast merch up there. Uh, and got we're going to be having an Etsy shop sale yep. for the holidays there. Uh, and that's going to be uh, starting on the 17th of November and then going through the 3rd of December. So yeah. we're going to be giving like... 20% off everything in our shop. Yep, 20% off everything yeah. in the shop. So check that out. I've got, uh, we've got some, uh, heck, we even have some art on there. We've got some of my- Yeah, we got art. We got tie-dye. painting, cosmic we style art. We've got tie-dye. I've got some of my art She's got some of there. her art. Yeah, she does like Bob Ross style painting, which is super badass. And also like paintings that are based off of tarot cards. So yep. there's like a Persephone one and like a tower one with like a nuclear explosion. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Uh, it's and pretty we dope. also have embroidery floss and yarn. So if you're looking and getting into some sort of craft, craft this holiday. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the For shop sure. is always expanding with like new stuff. We're always uploading new stuff. We do a lot of tie-dye work. Um yeah. Coming uh, up, we'll be having god and goddess, like, statues that are basically Barbie dolls. They're size. like, they're like upside upcycled Barbies yeah. and, like, G.I. Joe dolls and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, because we, we enjoy that, like, upcycled life. Yeah. And also, uh, spell jars. Yes. Yes. As well as, uh, sp well, spell jar kits. Yeah. Yeah. For, like... DIY spell jars and, and stuff like that. So stay tuned for all that stuff. But yeah, check out our Etsy shop. It's Norgrove Enterprises on Etsy. And you can so, also and again, link get that in the with thing. the link and yeah, our link, website. Link, link in the stuff. Link yeah. in the stuff. But so yeah, either way, thank you for watching. Do all the things that we asked you to do. Or yeah, thank you that for sticking is. through this super long, I'm sure, episode. Yep. Um, but definitely chock full of stuff. So I hope that you all got something good out of it. And to the uh, patron who requested this. There you yeah. go. I hope hopefully, you, hopefully that answered some questions. <laughs> and uh, if you have more, just reach out. We'll you know we can chat. Whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this was, uh, Modern Odinism, and, uh, I've been John Norgrove, this has been Julie Norgrove, this has been The Horn, and Cauldron Podcast, Podcast. and we will catch you guys next time, stay magical, folks. Yeah.